Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sun in the sky never raised an eye to me, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. The bids are coming in for Chelsea. And there's a French legend about to return to management. It's Wednesday, 23rd of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. I'm Venetian Hunter Raja. Hello, everybody. Good to have you. What a wonderful Wednesday we've got for you. Mitfok again, Vitushin. Oh, are you feeling Mid-fuck it? Mitfok you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a start, everybody. What a start. The sun is going to your head already. Yeah, it is. It's getting a little bit too hot, isn't it? Mm. They, we should have, they should send a release around. Yeah. An embargoed release, obviously. We're journalists. Come on. Yes. Um, Speak saying, for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> saying that, look, it's going to be. You know, we know spring's approaching us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be 19 degrees in a couple of weeks. Just get ready. Yeah. Just take stuff out from behind the, you know, from the back of your mm-hmm. closet. Just get your summer wear in order. Put the jackets away. Because I wore a jacket today and oh, I feel like an idiot. You know what? I think that would diminish the whole British experience of people like sort of rushing to take off a layer, mm. go shirtless in the back garden and all that sort of stuff. I, I did see someone tweet yesterday or a couple of days ago saying they spotted their first person shirtless in a Tesco <laughs> buying a disposable barbecue. Love that. <laughs> I mean, that is the, that is the swallow, isn't it? Taps off, boysies. For International Week, I mean, you know, it's... even if International Week is in November, that's you, isn't it? Marcus, Andy, topless in Tesco's. I, I'm uh, legally obliged to keep my top on, naturally. Uh, but I have uh, popped my first uh, antihistamine of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a couple of days too late. I forget every year. Oh, there's the sneezing. Yeah, um, you've got to start two weeks before, don't you? I know. Up yours, Mr. Sensible. <laughs> um, anyway, gentlemen, uh, let's talk about uh, Chelsea Football Club. Um, the race to take over Chelsea Football Club is hotting up. Can we sort of spin it like that as if it's meant to be some sort of exciting thing, Andy? I don't know. But a preferred bidder could be taken uh, to the government for approval by the end of this week. Mm. Who, who's your money on? You going for the candy man? <laughs> <laughs> I've already said it would be delightful if Holly Valance ended up owning Chelsea. In a, in a, in a roundabout. Well, because they're married, aren't they? And what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. Exactly. People forget that, don't they? Exactly. Mm. Um, but 20 parties are in the race, Andy. The expectation is that the rain group who are handling the sale will have reduced the field to a three-strong shortlist by this morning, this very morning. I will be very glad when all this is over. I think we all will. Um, it's something that's still pretty unedifying. Mm. Clearly, uh, the vast majority of Chelsea fans want to move on, and a lot of reasonable Chelsea fans out there who are not given as much airtime as, as as they might be have been a working very hard to secure the future of their club through the Chelsea Supporters Trust and the Chelsea pitch owners and b other I guess less active and less involved supporters have been more reasonable about the whole post Abramovich era mm-hmm. and you know I, th- I think there is an understanding that, you know, 
maybe keeping Chelsea at current sporting level isn't the absolute priority at the moment. I'm not even sure if it's realistic. And I, I would suggest until the takeover has actually happened and until we're a month or two down the line, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll really have a clear vision of what the future is for, for, for Chelsea. But as long as that future is, you know, they continue to exist as a going concern, that is, that is the main thing. Really. I think they're they're so so lucky that you know every single one of these bidders are such big Chelsea fans, <laughs> fans of the Blues. I've always loved the Blues. Mm. Some of the statements have been pretty but, comical, but I think but I think the supporters trust and the pitch owner has been very good about because there has been this I suppose because the club haven't been able to say too much about the whole process mm-hmm. and because you know uh, rain rain and also the government have to keep them about certain things. Mm. There is I suppose this vacuum that. The relevant parties and the important parties and all this are filling, which is is only a good thing. Um, I do think the thing I'm, I mean, I'm confused by a lot of this. I, I suppose because it, it has dragged on, but it is unprecedented, and you'd rather they took their time over this. To be fair, yeah, it's, it's still happening at a fairly rapid pace. Yeah, and I think yeah. the interesting thing is because everyone knows why Abramovich is selling and exactly when he started to sell. Yeah, this is happening a lot more publicly than takeover normally mm-hmm. would because normally the first rule of takeovers is you don't if, mention takeovers yeah exactly if mm. the bidder comes out in public they're not serious um the except the expectation um is that it will be sold for around three billion some reports have, have, have given other figures but i mean my goodness it puts into uh perspective the uh, the three, offer to waive the debt well what i was going to say Andy, <laughs> is that the 305 million pounds that was bought newcastle united were bought for fish Yes, yeah, it does. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, they probably had those. Their owners probably had that on them when they locked up. <laughs> we just bought this for parking. What have you got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. But you can take that. Um, the thing I found interesting in all this is we're we're going to get to a stage, but it's certainly probably when we're whittled down to three, where people will be making their second pitches, as it were, almost like yep. you know when they're yeah. their final interviews. And one of the things that one of the things that seems to be coming up from what I've been mm-hmm. reading, like talking to people about is the money available immediately. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are selling the fact that, well, you know, a lot of these parties are selling the fact that they have money to invest straight away. They are good to go in terms... And obviously they're, they're basically wink-wink, nudge-nudging towards transfers. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is the lingo that sends football supporters wild. It's and the it's equivalent of Chelsea being fans. a cash buyer. Yeah, yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's exactly what it is. I mean, in yeah. a way, yeah. Um, but I wonder at what you know how much would you know whoever's making this decision at government level how much does that play a part like how, and how much of this is actually giving the stewardship to people that you trust and how much of this government can we can we say have a good compass when it comes to people you can trust yeah, well there's a lot in there Andy would you like to have a go <laughs> well I think that the word invest is pretty important yeah. because invest always implies improve mm-hmm. but in yeah. this situation, invest means cover heinous running costs, doesn't yes. it? That, that is the major thing. So to assume that Chelsea are going to strengthen and improve whoever the, the bidder is in, on the pitch, A, that's not the most important thing. And B, I'm not sure it's particularly realistic either. I, I definitely anticipate a situation in a couple of years' time where whoever takes over will come to the conclusion that they need to cut cut those costs, mm-hmm. and it won't be quite a fire sale, but it'll be it might be similar to to what United have done in a dreadful way in terms of 
It'll be a push for more sponsors. Mm -hmm. It'll be quietly moving out some players mm -hmm. for big wages. And I suppose actually Arsenal may be a better example. Getting rid of people and thinking, actually, no, no, we will replace them. And then just re replacing yes. them with people a bracket lower yep. than who they sold on. And yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It's about, maybe it's harder for us to do this in this room because we so focus on the football, sorry, the football on the pitch. But it's like, yeah, actually... If Chelsea just exists, if they you know continue to exist, if they continue to exist as a Premier League club, isn't that the best situation? Well, they've been this? given the special licenses. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And, and a lot of businesses wouldn't be given but, that. But then would we would we then be you know would we then find full foul of ourselves in this discussion mm -hmm. if in a, in two years time we're like, well they're not in the Champions League? Well, you know, I, they, they was just a few years ago that they no, won the Champions you're League. You're absolutely right, but as you say, it's unprecedented, and we're yeah, we're trying yeah. to fill all these blanks as sure. we go. And 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 but the footballing landscape does change, yeah. and the, and mm. the financial powers do change. I mean, do you remember when Blackburn Rovers won the league? The difference is though, is that Chelsea are in London, and London, due to uh, what it is as a city, and so on, will always be able to to attract, uh, rightly or wrongly, more business, more more players, even as as well. And the and the um. Uh, the example of Arsenal is is a good one because Arsenal, yes, they've had a bit of a drop off, but I mean, they haven't been challenging for titles for ages, and I know that's frustrating for Arsenal fans. But they look like they're going to be in the Champions League. You know, they have won a few trophies, so yes, it's a drop off, but I mean, it, it, it's not huge. It's yes, not like yeah. uh, uh, you know the aforementioned Blackburn Rovers or, or, or you know you know take your pick kind of but thing. Leeds the, United. The for Blackburn example. thing's really interesting, isn't it? Because the, the idea that uh, a local baron mm. could go in and propel a club to winning the Premier League now. Yeah. That is from, it might as well be from a hundred years ago, really. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know. I went to a Blackburn game um, at the start of this season against Luton and we mm. went to um, kind of a, a, you know, one of the um, bars around it. Um, well, Luton had very differing fortunes, you know, yeah, not yeah. that long ago. They were <laughs> and and people, the... people are still talking about Jack Walker. Yeah. In terms of his influence and the fact that they got lucky in terms of he was someone who was able to back them financially. And was benevolent. It was a fan. Yeah. 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 I mean, there, there, there is talk that um, one of the bids is coming from some some chap's heart who are Chelsea season ticket holders or, or something along I mean, those lines. Does this, does this stuff really matter? Well, I think, I, I mean, probably no, because... I because think at the level that Chelsea are at, I, I don't think that's either realistic well you need someone who's who's got the money and he's yeah. got the, the 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 knowledge and the wisdom and the drive to run a football club properly i mean the, that's the, much the more closest... important than whether they support chelsea as a boy we talked about that different era the closest they've ever come to that oh, well, they, they did get that with matthew harding didn't mm. they yeah. mm. which yes. you know predates abramovich and really was the first thing that sort of rocketed chelsea to any sort of modern mm. prominence really i did think where's ken bates in all this <laughs> Hey, where's Batesy? <laughs> pay, pay a quid for it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah. the thing that I think the whoever takes over is going to have to um, realise very quickly is that it's not just this process that is public. Mm. You're going to be have, have to be very public-facing from now on because Abramovich got away with not being very public-facing mm -hmm. because of the results on the pitch. Yep. And they people, Chelsea fans, the supporters trust, pitch owners they're going to want to speak to you regularly and you need to be prepared for that. And yes. you can't just come in and give us a, a bit of PR like well, we're voting for you at fucking in, a, in high school, yeah. you know, for, for, for them, that's, school president. That's that's really important because of where they are in, in, in terms of the stadium. Yeah. Because they, they can't really do anything mm. in terms of the stadium. Obviously, they would like to expand. There was the opportunity of Battersea Power Station at, at, at one point. But unless you know those those Chelsea fans have, have played a really good hand and they've looked after their club 
impeccably, really. Because without that, who knows where Chelsea would, would be now. Mm. But in terms of you taking it over as... Well, it seems ridiculous to say to taking it over as a business because I don't see how you can ever make money out of this, mm. quite frankly. And, you know, maybe that's not the aim. That's certainly not been the aim of previous ownerships, for example. But some owners will fancy it, though. I mean, th- 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 these people are billionaires for a reason, whether it's through... But there's there's a lot to put in. I think, in, in A, in terms of running costs, mm-hmm. in meeting a level of expectation, yeah. even to keep them slightly below where they are at the moment will cost an absolute fortune. It will. And then you've got to, A, negotiate with the pitch owners, and B, get yourself to a point where you can redevelop Stamford Bridge to a point where, because basically Stamford Bridge at at the moment, okay, it's a huge step on from Stamford Bridge in the mm-hmm. 80s and, and 90s, but it's not the Emirates. It's not Tottenham. Mm-hmm. You know, size-wise, it's it's not Old Trafford. And and obviously, Manchester United have got their own issues where that's concerned. But we've seen, I think, United, although they've been saved by the scale to a certain extent, they're a good example of what happens when even rich owners Mm -hmm. don't have their eye on the ball in terms of developing the club about the way it can go. Sure. Stamford Bridge is is a conundrum to be solved if it, yeah, if it, it can be yeah. uh, and we will see but the I, thing is we know so little of this yeah well this is the trouble how do how do we know that you know saying this bid's good this bid's not good how do we really know well one how bid, do we how do we know that well, Andy, like, a load bid, of debt is not going to get lumped yeah. onto the club one, in the way that the glazers have done it one bid that has caused a lot of controversy of course is the owners of the chicago cubs the ricketts family now apparently they're flying to london they may well already be here they may be walking amongst us um but they're, they're looking to to um, put in a bid and uh, several chelsea supporters groups have urged the bid to be turned down uh this is because emails from the head of the family joe ricketts resurfaced last week uh, from I think about three years ago in which he described Muslims as our enemy. Now the club, uh, uh, not the club, sorry, the um, Chicago Cubs uh, and and uh, Tom Ricketts, who's his son, has said, you know, like this is, uh, that uh, th- these are not our views. You know, they do a lot of work with the Muslim community in, they've in had Chicago. Because they've had to, yeah. That, that's their, their response has been to that. Yeah, they, they didn't yeah. suddenly decide off It's the... rich people community service. Paul Cannonville, for example, Chelsea's first black player, has said, look, th- th- this cannot happen. And uh, so that one's being scrutinised at the moment, Fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's something that's come through Chelsea fans doing a bit of digging, really. And, you mm. know, the social media say no to Ricketts campaign, was, mm-hmm. you know, it was trending on Twitter yesterday and the day before that. Um, you know, it sounds like certainly from from people with contacts within the Chelsea squad that quite a few of those Muslim players mm-hmm. in there are wary about it and are aware of those comments. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that is a problem. <laughs> For them, and, and you know the way they're flying over to the country, and the fact that they reel off all these things that they have done, hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all. I think that stuff's all bollocks anyway. But yeah, they're they're in. Um, <laughs> they've entered into something that they haven't really probably th- thought through. I think one of the interesting things I, I kind of mentioned it before, and Andy, you you mentioned it before with the way football fans are. I think people really underestimate football fans in this country. I think they do. We saw mm. that with the, with the, with the Super, uh, League. Super League. Super League yeah. is a great example. Project Restart as well. But, but that's um, that's that's the thing with Chelsea. It's a a global concern, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's not just a a local concern. And I think people is, forget sometimes that it, you saw those Chelsea fans on the street with the Super League. 
Yeah. Well, this is not a dig at all at any other fans, but but they to me were more prominent than than other groups of supporters. Yeah, that were absolutely. Around the place. So you're absolutely right. Fish. Sometimes you underestimate this. Now it has been reported that that the that Rain have uh, been instructed to select the best bid, not necessarily the biggest. We shall see. <laughs> I guess it's defined define best as well because mm. when we talk about the Ricketts thing, that's the difference, isn't it, between um, American sports and the Premier League because even though um, the Premier League aspires to share certain financial model values mm-hmm. with American sport, the fact is that there is a bottom line in terms of conduct in American sports. You look at Donald Sterling being forced to sell the Clippers, for example, mm. when, when, when he was caught saying, saying racist stuff. And we are still at a point mm. where the Premier League a couple of weeks back said, well, we're thinking of including human rights in our fit and proper persons test. Yeah. I mean, we're a long way behind that. So, yeah. yeah. But they're just thinking about it, may or may not. Imagine that. We've decided we're not going to include human rights in this. What, where have you, so we've got under any other business <laughs> discussing human rights. Should we, we'll just get it done and we'll go for lunch. To be yeah. honest with you, it always puts a dampener on things when you talk about human rights, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's just... Anyway, how much money you got in your pocket? So there we are. Um, well, the future of Chelsea. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll know a little bit more about it potentially at, at the end of this week, perhaps, or, or, or in the weeks to come. But it is unprecedented and it's intriguing. Uh, and we shall see how that develops. Uh, gentlemen, to Mike Dean, where else can you go? Um, the, the the good people spoke about it yesterday on, on the Football Ramble, and they spoke about his future because he's retiring from the game. But this is good news, Andy Brassel, because his immediate future may take a little bit of a sexy twist. The bookies have him as huge favourite to make an appearance on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. He's two to one. Based Andy, on what? He is two, based on banter. <laughs> That's what it's based on. The thing is, I understand why Harry Redknapp works on this. Mm. Is Mike Dean just not big in football rather than big in the outside world? <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. There's going to be loads of people I mean, who's he? Ex- ex- he's, he's, he's not a even. He's not even been on Emmerdale. Yes, but I think people may he's not be even been on Emmerdale. <laughs> I think people are getting confused here because perhaps you know when they you know I'm saying, when they do leave, maybe Dino's just going to be there. Off your pop, red card, and that's them gone. It's just a nice little extra. I mean, I've never watched it. No, but no. if there's yeah, if there's some sort of card thing, they eat like animals, don't they? I mean, we all eat animals. Some of us. They're like insects, insects. and all sorts of weird things. Yeah. yeah. What would he? Oh, I don't know. Send off a scorpion. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how applicable this is. Like he is. Um, I, I do wonder because we view him as. I mean, because he's a referee, but we see any kind of. And, you know, you see it from some of the comments that you're about to go through from Neil Warnock. Oh, yes. But there are a lot of people who, because we view him through that prism of, of being a referee, being of someone who wants the attention when he shouldn't really have the attention, we always... He seems a bit of a nuisance in our head. But I wonder if he has charm beyond the severe sphere of football I wonder if people would like the way he goes about things oh, well, well we I, I might think... be we might be uh, we might find out yeah well we might get some very interesting insight when you, when you think about it really Absolutely. because I don't think anyone will have heard that deeply and that at length from a referee ever and you know if you're for example someone off made in Chelsea like you were saying Marcus there are lots of people who like you and aspire to your life, even if there are a lot of people who think you're vacuous, for example. Mm. But it's all kind of one way with referees. You know, they Mm. are given so little credit, so little understanding. I think to 
to hear at length in a sort of decontracted scenario from someone who ultimately will get a lot more abuse than they do praise or understanding. I think maybe we'll get an insight. Maybe a lot of people watching that will get insight into referees that you know maybe they've not had before. I, th- I think it could be really interesting. Yeah. Or it could confirm him as an attention-seeking egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the latter is more likely. But two to one, we can hope. Uh, Neil Warnock took to the microphones yesterday to have his say on Mike Don't Dean's... say that like he's spitting bars at some... <laughs> Some studio took to the microphone. And he bettered Papa Doc. (laughs) Why shouldn't I say that? One, two, three into the four. Why Um, shouldn't I say that? No, say it then. Yeah, I'm picturing him going up against... Rabbit. Mm. Anyway, he was, yeah. he, was t- <laughs> he was talking about uh, uh, Mike Dean's retirement. It's 10 years too late. Um, he said he's always had to do that, a little bit extra for some reason, to get himself in the limelight. This oh. guy ain't no motherfucking MC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nuts on Warnock to say that well, he's had to do that little bit extra for some reason to get himself in the limelight. Interesting. Said, Overall, he's a very good referee. He knows everything about it, but he just gets carried away. I don't think that's a criticism. I think that's fine. I, I think, think he's summed him right. up quite well. I think yeah. he has as well. Yeah. But it's he, probably the way he said it. Well, he did add, he said, if Mike Dean uh, does do the VAR business, then they'll probably change uh, the VAR so that they've got a television camera <laughs> on him all the way through the judgment. And, and I think that that is uh, quite the... Sort of I think that's that's quite an alluring there. idea. You know, like certainly in Spain, they're very big on when someone's just about to take a penalty. The director loves, often loves the shot of the goalkeeper. Let's look into his eyes. Windows to the soul. Yeah, Let's right. look in the eyes of the penalty taker and back to the eyes of the goalkeeper and back to the eyes of the penalty taker and he's taken it. And I would love that, that like a close up on the eyes of the VAR official while mm. they're making the decision. Get that on the big screen. Yeah, very true. Yeah. He won't be like your man. Who's your man on BT? Who's in the... He's on his own. In oh, the yeah. Peter Walton. Peter Walton, yeah. That, that's not for... That's not for Mike, is it? No, it's not enough. No. Right then, everybody. Let's have a quick break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. 
untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Not the kind of doctor who'd be able to help much if you're having like a heart attack. But if you're wondering about quantum physics or the theory of matter, he's your man. Well, probably. Every week we're asking a new puzzling question from the world of science and discovering the answer with the help of a world-leading expert. Like, will we ever talk to animals? They are definitely talking. You know, that's, again, a word that I would qualify because we usually mean that vocally. But in their own ways, they're talking to us every single day. Our face transplants, the future of cosmetic surgery. Given that range of what's considered attractive, there's probably no point wanting to change your face to be more attractive if you follow science. And should we fear an alien invasion? If an imperialistic drive brings... Uh, other civilizations to us, then obviously it's not good news. But if it's scientific exploration, it may be good news. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the weird, magnificent world around us, then this is the show for you. Eureka. Subscribe now and find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. New episodes every Wednesday. Eureka is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Oh dear, look at these keepers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Right, it's time for Pep Talks because it's Wednesday. We're so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. We are so happy. Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! Wait! Drink one and relax! First pep talk from Graham. Now, I've been debating for the last four weeks about emailing in, and every week I've decided not to because I thought this email would come after my partner had given birth and it would be too late. However, the baby is now also late, as is as late as a Manchester United team coach arriving in a match. And I feel this email slash question might be the thing that gets the oxytocin flowing if it's read out. The question... What keeper should I channel when my partner goes into labour? Oh, look at some of these. Look at some of these keepers. <laughs> <laughs> a little history here. We are now having baby number three. My first two children, Spencer and Coco, were from home birth, and both times I've had the role in their delivery. Well, kind of. <laughs> With my eldest Spencer, my partner went into full labour and contractions at home whilst I was eating a Chinese takeaway in our <laughs> kitchen. I really uh, feel like I went into full Wayne Shaw mode just for this with a hint of Neville Southall. If I end up suing one of my kids, I'll be going full (laughs) Neville Southall. With baby on number two, it was at the height of the pandemic and it meant we couldn't get midwives to us fast enough. The responsibility was left to me. My partner went into labour and at the crucial moment of being the ultimate father, I fumbled. Dropped your baby! Oh my goodness. I felt the baby slip out of my hands and she fell to the floor. I went full Roy Carroll versus Spurs. Um, Coco is and was fine as I was already pretty close to the floor, but nonetheless, not a great moment. So when when he says he went full Roy Carroll, he means... He dropped it at a very important moment, but no one saw it. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. 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 
and then he cleared it. Um, so now as baby number three, Frazier is ready to join us. I need to know, what keeper should I channel? Am I heart and screaming at everyone before the big event to get my hype going? Am I Pickford getting the rave on? Am I Ramsdale with a great baby distribution? <laughs> All advice, welcome. Ramsdale. Ah, Yosh! <laughs> you know what? I don't think you go for any of those keepers. Basically, you're there to be steady. And those are keepers who want to make stuff happen. Mm. I think you should be, uh, was it Rogerio Senni or the Brazilian keeper? Yeah, he takes free kicks. Or there. yeah. I just get to the other end. <laughs> just go to the other end. You get more credit up there. I, think, I think you should go for Alisson. Alisson, a very safe pair of hands, of course. And also, with regards to baby number two being dropped, um, encourage a, a, a pool berth. And Alison, as we know, is a Christian man. Baptizes he baptized Roberto Firmino, I think, in the yeah, pool. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Knows what he's doing. Pool birth, Alison, it's done. He baptized Roberto Firmino. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you are. Talking of Brazilian goalkeepers, if you look at Tafarel, don't worry too much about what happened with baby number two because Tafarel made some huge mistakes in his career. He did. But he always recovered. And and managed to win the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got one here from Ibrahima. It says, I'm emailing you again to ask for help involving the same friend I did previously about the wedding tux. That advice was actually helpful, so I figured let's try this again. So the same groom got a gift from his wife to go and watch a United game. Me being a Chelsea fan and his best friend, she decided to make it for the next United-Chelsea game, which can coincidentally happens to be at Old Trafford. We're flying in from the US, and for both of us, it will be our first time watching our teams play live. Oh, what a lovely present. Um, but here comes the problem. In light of recent events, I'll now have to sit in the United section and watch them get pummeled by Chelsea. Do I go full Tommy Tooks, decked out in Chelsea gear from head to toe, <laughs> just to antagonise the fans, or do I keep it low-key and blend in? Hope you can help as I look to pop my Premier League virginity. Vish, mm, what do you reckon? I mean, I, I, we'll ask you because if you did see someone uh, in the home end at Old Trafford decked out in opposition gear, then you probably weighed in. So, what do you think? I would, yeah, from afar. <laughs> point. Oh, look at him. <laughs> if I can't get to him, then one of you's <laughs> got to get in there. Um, oh, I feel like you just because you know some football fans can be dicks. Um, just go in your own. Yeah. Just go in like normal clothes. Enjoy it. Exactly. Enjoy the experience. I think what you should have, like bearing in mind the Thomas Tuchel cap. Mm. Maybe you should go dress normally. And when in the last five minutes when Chelsea are winning comfortably, reach into your bag, pop a little Chelsea cap on. I think, yeah, I, on that, I would say wear a Chelsea kit under your shirt. And if yeah. Chelsea get a last minute winner, Superman it. Like just burst a shirt open. <laughs> and no one, will reveal... fight you. no one will fight you because they think you're from Krypton. And they'll think you're hard as well. Or, or just, you know, take your clothes off, reveal the full kit underneath and walk up to the director's And box. also, Andy, make sure if you do that, be, you know, visibly fully erect. No one's going to bother you if that's the case. <laughs> that's true, actually. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so there you are. I think we've solved that people, one. People think twice about grabbing you when you've got a... <laughs> You'll only get pleasure from this. Yeah. Um, so there we are, uh, Andy. Good luck at Old Trafford. Yeah, good luck with that full erection, Andy. No, not Andy, Ibrahima. Sorry. I'm not going. <laughs> Give me Ibrahima. Uh, there we are. Uh, what you got... have you got under that shirt? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've got any questions for us, uh, then send them in. We'll get to them every Wednesday. Shoutfootballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Gentlemen, to more serious matters, Paul Pogba uh, has uh, given an interview uh, this week and, and revealed that, uh, quite sadly, had his World Cup medal stolen in a recent burglar at his house and... Uh, 
he also spoke about his concern for his family as, as 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 one word, but he also opened up about his struggles with depression during his career. And he said, I've had depression in my career, but we don't talk about it. Personally, it started when I was uh, with Jose Mourinho at Manchester United. You ask yourself questions. You wonder if you are at fault because you never experienced these moments in your life. He went on to say... We earn a lot of money and we don't complain really, but that doesn't prevent us from going through moments that are more difficult than others, like everyone else in life. Because you make money, you always have to be happy. Question mark. Uh, it's not like that life, uh, but in football, it does not pass. And it's an interesting one, um, this, uh, Andy, because, you know, we often say that footballers, again, as he's said there, well, you earn 150 grand a week. How can you be tired? Or how can you be depressed? Well, this goes back to John Gregory and Stan Collymore, doesn't it? Yes. All that, all those years ago. And you like to think that um, football has changed significantly mm. in, in, in that time. But still, there are a lot of people which is understandable to an extent given the volume of money that elite footballers earn who simply... Well, they can't imagine earning that much of much money. Mm. So they can't imagine what it would be like. And they can't imagine that your life would still have the same problems and stresses and issues. And you still have to spend time on the phone to customer service and all, all, the, all that other sort of stuff that are, are, are kind of universal experiences. I think that Pope was speaking about this is brave. It's encouraging. It's important because... He is someone who throughout his career has been very good at connecting with people. And even though he's received pretty heavy criticism for some of his performances on the pitch during times at Manchester United, and he's been quite a divisive figure in that sense, he's never shied away from connecting with people that whole time, which I think is what makes him such an important figure in the game. Mm. Yeah, I think he he will definitely get a lot of stick from this from people who shouldn't really be listened to anyway. But... And by the way, you're absolutely right with that. Just don't bother. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the, um, you know, just to to jump off from your point, Andy, like Pogba is someone who has strong connections with other players in the game. If it's not through people idolising him, then it's just through mm -hmm. his personality because he's very engaging, very funny, um, enjoys life and, you know, enjoys his career. And I think that will be quite profound, actually, to hear someone of, of his stature mm -hmm. come out and talk about this so openly. So... Yeah, more power to him. It's um, I always feel a sense of, you know, he's one of my favourite players at United and I, I kind of flip between the the two of like, I know he hasn't played his best stuff at United and I know performances haven't been great, but I, you know, I like the fact that he's a United player. I think he's quite fun. I think that's all right in football sometimes. Um, I don't need to kind of chastise him too much. Obviously, when I'm covering a game and he hasn't played well, fine, I'll do that. But outside of that, I think he's a quite good personality and I think, um, you know... I, I, I think it's all quite impressive that he's talking about it because he's he is going to get pelters. Yeah, he, he he will, and um, you know, like I said, he's 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 never backed down from that. But because he seems so comfortable in his own skin most of the time, I think people expect the unreasonable from him. I mean, people expect the unreasonable from a lot of elite footballers. Well, there was that chat on Twitter with Gary Lineker and Gary Neville and so on. When, when when Neville was saying, you know, footballers, if they've, in his day, if there's a poor result in a big game, you wouldn't be seen at the local Italian restaurant. Mm. You know, why, why, why then do we see people going off and doing these things? Right? And Gary Lincoln was just like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my plans. At all. Well, this is just a load of nonsense. And I understand. It is. And uh, it's something that still clings to us as a football culture a, a little bit, isn't it? Also, this if, idea if that, that you should hide indoors 
Yeah. Well, you should hang After your head in lost. shame, and you should yeah. you should you should let that shame seep in. Now, I, I, that's unhealthy for for for, Very. for, for many reasons. Very. I, yeah. I, look, I I do un- understand that uh, uh, if it's a particularly big game and someone's had a particularly poor performance, if if suddenly they they they, they conflict, but and that, that there is a sort of just on a basic human level, there might be a little bit of absurdity to that. I understand that in in the human, you know, in in your in one's curiosity, you can go. Oh, he, he seems very happy after after that. However, that may well be their way of dealing with it. Yeah, you got to remember that someone, you know, some of these players, even players who who aren't um, religious, don't drink because mm. there, there is a, a culture of like new athlete that's come through that yeah. just isn't interested in, in booze in, in that way. Um, and so people do other things to blow off steam, whether it's going to the US and, you know, sitting courtside mm-hmm. at a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Just getting away from players. it, totally. Yeah, and also, like, if, if, that, if, if those options were available to, say, Gary Neville's generation, mm-hmm. in, in the click of the finger that they are in the way that they are now, yeah. where it's like, okay, you wouldn't go to your Italian down the corner, around the corner, because you'll be with, you know, there'll be fans around, mm-hmm. to the local area, people, you know, Mm-hmm. pester you and you know tell you things that you don't want to hear but you also have the option of flying a few hundred miles away to people where you know you're going to be in an environment where people at the very least adore you at most leave you alone or don't you know would, you but you the would, thing you is you can that. you can never be completely left alone can no, you? no, that's, to, to that's, that's the thing isn't it you can't you, really escape sure but if you go to those places you definitely have a degree you can basically the reason they go they go to dubai they go mm. to certain places they go to Usually, and it's certainly like Miami There's now with a few footballers. Great level of anonymity. Yeah, and, but yeah, also, yeah. but also, they've got their established bubbles there. Yeah, mm. they can just slot right into them. It's pretty mm. easy. And with it's social media, this worlds. is perhaps more of a pressing thing. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it, it totally is. Totally is. Um, gentlemen, speaking of Manchester United, if you will, we touched on their managerial hunt yesterday. Apparently, that they're they're talking to Ten Hag today, which will be very, very interesting. Maurizio Pochettino, of course, has been linked to the Manchester United post, but as we say, Ten Hag seems to be the man who is at least getting interviewed first, perhaps. Um, but there are rumours. Good to know they've got a plan. Indeed. Good to know they've got a plan. A foolproof we'll, plan. We'll do one of you as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Ten Hag out of the way. Um, there are rumours that Paris Saint-Germain are, are looking into a possible surprising uh, replacement for Maurizio Pochettino should he leave. And that man could be Big Veng. From one gravy train to the other. <laughs> Just getting up, crossing the platform. Arsene Fenger. He admitted his desire to return to management uh, recently, um, as recent as the weekend. And he said, you know, I can contribute in a different way. I still miss it. I still miss the intensity. I'm still vulnerable. Oh, big thing. I'm like a guy who no longer takes drugs. I'm, I also think that I can contribute in a different way. A confusing statement there, Vish, but what, what do you think of uh, the idea of Arsene Wenger becoming available again to uh, ent- re-enter the fray of management? I think you should start taking those drugs again. Who's <laughs> <laughs> playing that? In, in all seriousness, no. Is this, is, is this, would this be the highest profile management appointment for PSG, for this new iteration of PSG? The, the thing is, Zidane would be higher. No, no, but so far, like Venga, okay, Wenger and Zidane, this next hire would be oh, the most high profile. I see what you mean, as in the ones that they've. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess because of because or was of the, it Emery? The, the, the French, <laughs> the French angle. You could say Ancelotti. I was going to say he Ancelotti. Was, he was the first. Super, uh, yeah. He was the first superstar coach there, and um, they treated him so badly that he uh, packed up and left. Oh. But I think I can understand why people think this is crazy because he's 
been out of the game for mm-hmm. a, a, a certain amount of time um, because of his age, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they've got to come at it at some sort of different angle. You well, know, and, I, I think. But do you, do you think coming with a manager who who essentially started falling away at Arsenal because he didn't have a grip over his superstars? Do you think that's ideal for PSG? Well, it's fair but, to say that I, I don't. I don't know. This is this is a different level of superstar. Who, if they're not going to change the superstar culture at the club, which I, I don't think they can. There's too much face to be lost, and that's before you get to the bit of actually shifting Messi and Neymar, who are not going to get contracts like that anywhere else. No. You know, well, we 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 had the um, annual uh, table of salaries in Le Keep yesterday, which. It's always very entertaining, <laughs> particularly entertaining because of what's happened to PSG over the last couple of weeks. Twenty Neymar's the highest paid player. 22 of the top 24 are PSG players. The other two are from Monaco. Pochettino earns more than three times as much as the next coach, which mm. is Jorge Sampaoli, who obviously earns mm. very well at, at Marseille. And that is very difficult to change that entire culture overnight. Before you get to the bit about they've completely alienated a lot of the young players who could have been playing for them and be, be, be playing in their team by now, like led by Christopher and Kunku, for example, just a, a suggestion of the sort of talent that there is, there is in Paris and, and, and Ile-de-France. But Is Wenger the man to lead them, Andy? That's what we want to know. Well, the thing is, it's not working with an intense hands-on coach. No. So someone who's not really interested in the detail of coaching and hasn't really been interested in the detail of coaching Mm -hmm. for a long time and has got more of that, I guess, general manager vibe. Yeah, Harry Redknapp. I think maybe maybe that's something that would be closer to what they want. Well, he said, I can contribute in a different way. I also think I can contribute in a different way. He said it twice, which maybe (laughs) means I can contribute in a way that could mean my team challenge for a league title. And at PSG... You know, they would be challenging. How long will it take them to get an influencer as coach? Oh, I... I... Gigi Hadid in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they were battered by Monaco 3-0 at the weekend, so they need something. They and need something. Neymar's performance in that fed into every prejudice that people have a, a, about him and his attitude. I mean, I always think it's a little unfair. I think he's a... He's a great competitor as well as a great player. He does like a dive, though. But, but that sense that <laughs> that sense that he's dialing and it, he's foreign. <laughs> that sense that he's dialing it in. Yeah. He could not have provided a, a better example or mm. worse example of that at, at the weekend. They're in a fix. There's Do you think no he's a bit of a diver, though? <laughs> no, no more than any other player, really. No more than any other player. Well, not any other player. Think, any think, other comparable player. Okay. Do you not think whenever Neymar as part of PSG or even when at Barcelona, when they played English clubs, people would see Neymar and think, we should try that over here? Because I think so. <laughs> I think that a lot of the diving culture in this country comes from the exposure to Neymar, actually. <laughs> I think I don't know how he sleeps at night. You know what? To be serious, I I I always get quite sad when his age comes up. The idea that he's thirty, mm. the idea that this kid who came on the scene and was so engaging to watch, the the guy you'd see all these clips of doing wonderful things in Brazil, joins mm. Barcelona, becomes part of that front three, mm. and you're like, God, you're just you could fly, you could, you could fly anywhere. And it wasn't even that he flew too close to the sun, he just flew to a different planet. Yeah. And it's there's an absurdity to his career that I, I actually think is quite sad. I enjoy it in a way that there's a Justin Bieber quality to him and it's like everything he does is box office and then mm. he puts on a Brazil shirt and he has this 
separate thing where it's like actually you know Bieber releases a new album you're like oh shit actually yeah you do you do have that yeah, you well, still have that man uh, and maybe Arsene Wenger's the man to to get the last few years hopefully I, I I think this it would be a great tragedy if all, if all we remember from Neymar is this but is, is, isn't that part of the age that he's in and part of the way that he's projected because if you look at his career he's achieved an incredible amount yeah, and yeah. he's got a lot of miles on the clock He's he's really put it in as well. Yeah, suppose, so yeah. you and know, his dad's you... got a lot of money in the bank, Andy. Yeah, that's the main thing, right? Absolutely right, eh? Well, if you enjoyed the show, everybody, please leave us a five-star review. It helps new listeners find the show, and we will bloody love you for it. But thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble today, part of the ACAST Creator Network. On tomorrow's show, Kate, Jim, and Andy will be in your ears. Andy will be back for another swing for your thrilling Thursday. Until then, thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you for teaching Hantaraja. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you soon. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.